Hey, howlers. Couple quick warnings before we get started here today. First warning this podcast contains adult content. Don't be a pixie. We'll be cursing at you all the time. <laughs> Probably. Uh, second warning this podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising series. If you have not read the books, well, why are you listening to like the second to last episode of our Morningstar podcast series? All I want to say. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy, email howlerpod at gmail.com. You can find us by searching howlerpod, H-O-W-L-E-R-P-O-D. That is one word. Pod stands for podcast. <laughs> Don't forget to rate and review the podcast and share it with your fellow friends. Most importantly, share these wonderful books and make sure all your bloody damn friends Read them or else they're not your friends and they can go slag and die. Yeah. Who wants friends that don't read the Red Rising series? Nobody. I don't. And now, Howler Pod. We are the new age, the new world. And if we're to show the way, then we better damn well make it a better one. I am Severo Arbaca and I am no longer afraid. Hello, Howlers. Welcome to Howler Pod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising series by our Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Ooh, he's everyone's howler number one. <laughs> he's especially he is, ours. He is the how he literally is the howler number one. Well, when I said our, I meant everybody listening to the podcast. Okay. Yeah, that's what I meant. I am your host, Ben Reiner, co-hosting with me today, as always, and uh apparently she's a little chippy today. Chippy? <laughs> it's Aaron Ayers. Low howlers. What the fuck does chippy mean? <laughs> is that a compliment? No. Didn't, didn't think so. <laughs> You're chippy. What are we doing today, Aaron? Chapters 50 through 56 of Morningstar, book number three. All right. Well, uh, let's figure out what happened and load up this star shell and shoot straight into our chapter summaries. Hopefully, we don't all shoot our suits when Sefi comes at us. <laughs> <laughs> she's fucking scary. When she's trying to scalp you and cut your tongue Rip out. Your tongue out. Yeah, I, a little scary. I think I would shit my pants at that point. I'd just fall down and cry. <laughs> Part four, stars. Is that four? That is correct. <laughs> you can read Roman numerals. <laughs> Chapter 50, thunder and lightning. The battle is won. Good job, everybody. Romulus allows Darrow to gather his ships and care to his wounded for only three days. Then he and the Rising must depart and never return. Otherwise, it'll be war between them curiously though romulus and his men never found any nuclear weapons on any of the ships they captured that is weird (laughs) i wonder why (laughs) just like you didn't you didn't find any i totally found (laughs) he's like i found a whole bunch (laughs) he's like i definitely have them now do you want to see them yeah but he's like so you better look out because i have them (laughs) 
So only a select few of Darrow's inner circle now know where they are all sailing to. On the way, they have a private funeral for Roke in which Darrow invites Cassius to attend. Darrow can't sleep later that night, so he has Holiday bring a shackled Cassius to his room. They reminisce. They drink whiskey. Super bro-y moment that Bro ben, down. ben like loves this part. <laughs> and they watch videos from their time in the Institute. Chapter 51, Pandora. After Cassius leaves, Darrow is woken in the middle of the night by Severo. Victra has engaged Antonia in the belt, and she's called for backup. Darrow, Mustang, and the Howlers jump on the Telemannus' fastest ship and speed to help her out. An hour before they arrive, Victra sends word that she has already won, and she was able to rescue the captured Kavox. Once Darrow's group arrives, they find that there was barely any wreckage. Victra explains a lot of the crew on the ships were still loyal to her. Severo asks if they will follow the Rising, and Victor responds that they follow her, which uh, definitely is not the same thing. She won't commit to anything past getting her revenge on Antonia, who she has locked away in a cell along with uh, Thistle next door. Darrow goes to Thistle and Antonia and gives an ultimatum. Share all the info you have on the Jackal or die. Whoever shares the best and the most lives thistle tries to apologize and it's kind of sad but also fuck her <laughs> that's like actually what ben wrote <laughs> it's kind of sad but also fuck her love ben chapter 52 teeth they all wait in the brig for thistle and antonia to start spilling some beans aka giving away all the secrets of the jackal They've cranked up the heat and the gravity to make the women more irritable and hopefully divulge more information. Thistle gets super agitated and looks to the camera, telling them that she will give them everything she knows. Mustang says, get her out now, but it's too late. They rush down, but Antonia has already reached through the bars and smashed Thistle's head against the bars until her head caved in. Super nasty. It goes caved thwomp, in. Thwomp, thwomp, thwomp in the book. That was really Blech. that was too visceral for me. It's pretty pretty tough. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you know Antonia's a bitch? She sucks. Have we mentioned that? I've heard that she's chlamydia. Oh, I've heard that. Victra rushes in and super badass kicks the shit out of Antonia, <laughs> but also scary. Yeah. Whoa. She's got Antonia's <laughs> teeth in her knuckles by the end. But she's also upset by this and feels like she's also evil, like her sister. So later, when they're fixing Antonia up a little bit, even though her entire face is broken, Darrow and Mustang and everyone are talking about next steps. Guess what Mustang says? Let's change the paradigm. Woo! Great plan, Mustang. Woo! <laughs> All right, chapter 53, Silence. Antonia's face is forever fucked up <laughs> from the uh, brutal, brutal beating Man, administered. Sucks to suck, you know. <laughs> I love that they had to say it. They, they said that they took forceps and had to like pull, like her, pull nose. her nose out. Yeah, Woo. yeah, it's a little rough. Darrow was able to get some information b from her, but without Thistle, it's hard to verify what information is correct or understand how to use it. So Darrow is sitting on the bridge of the Pandora, attempting to make contact with the sons. 
uh, Holiday joins him, and they drink whiskey together as Holiday reminisces about her brother Trig. We get some nice stories. And then Holiday tells Darrow he is doing a good job, but she is cut short as the hollow nearby starts beeping. It's a message being broadcast across all frequencies into the belt. Darrow plays the message and finds that it is the jackal. He captured Uncle Nero and now, as a message to Darrow, executes him. Because the message was going out on all frequencies, the other ships in Darrow's fleet received it too. We've got a big problem because everybody loved Uncle Nero, and now uh, low colors, they really want their revenge. The message has set fire to Darrow's fleet. Darrow is still with Victra out ahead of the main fleet, so he jumps in the ship to get back to the main element as quick as he can. He hails Mustang, and she is like, dude, shit is hitting the fan over here. <laughs> you got to get here right now. The low colors have taken Cassius from the brig, and they are going to execute him. Darrow tells her to find Sefi, but Mustang is like, Darrow, she's leading them. Ooh. That's a big big whale Sheffy. shit <laughs> what you doing big girl <laughs> chapter 54 the goblin and the gold darrow lands on the morning star and mustang is not there to greet them like she said she would be kavox is threatening to go in guns blazing but darrow convinces him to let him handle it and to calmly try to talk to Sefi. Severo snuck away, possibly to wank off. They don't know where he went. <laughs> so Daryl, Victra, Kavax, and the Telemannuses and everyone rush into the main hangar where there's a huge mob of reds and low colors screaming up at the walkway where Sefi is. And there are seven golds who have all been hanged to death. They're all scalped and they have all had their tongues cut out. And there's other golds up there waiting to die. <laughs> Including Cassius, who has had a sling blade carved into his bare chest. Tough one right there. Man, like those washboard abs <laughs> with a sling blade. I don't know. I dig it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I was wondering if he got scarred for that and like had like a sling blade scar now. He has a whole new arm. I'm sure he could like fix Yeah, they his, probably fixed the scar. Like Mickey's on board. Right. So when Daryl arrives, he yells up at Sefi. They talk back and forth, arguing about justice and what Ragnar would have wanted. Sefi then grabs Cassius, preparing to kill him like she did to the other golds, but Severo pops up on the walkway with his Ares helmet on. He's like, hey, get your hands off my property. And he's like tapping all the golds on the head that are waiting, <laughs> being a little shit. And then he yells at the crowd, asking, what do they do to murderers like Cassius? They call for his life. So Severo shoves him off the walkway to hang. Then he says, I'm a murderer. And what do we do to murderers? The crowd is silent. Mm. He puts a rope around his own neck and does a backflip off the walkway, hanging himself next to Cassius. Everyone freaks out. Reds are scrambling to save him. And Victra starts to try to fly up to save him. But Darrow tells her to wait. Sefi watches the two men hanging thoughtfully. She then hefts her own war axe and cuts them both down. Severo declares that he forgives Cassius and that they are building a war on hope and not on blood, on a dream that Fitchner and Eo shared, so they must be better than this. 
Chapter 55, The Ignoble House Barca. Severo is in the med bay getting fixed up by Verani, yellow doctor, uh, as Mustang and Darrow kind of recap the craziest shit that he just did. They're like, bro, what were you doing? And he's just like, she's trying to save everything. And they're like, you did a great job. Mustang confirms that Cassius is being attended to as well. She finally went to talk to him. He told her to tell Severo thank you. You're welcome. It's our boy. He's changing. Darrow's boyfriends are getting along. (laughs) Victra then storms into the room and Severo tells everybody to get out now. Darrow, Mustang, and the others wait outside the door and discuss their current voyage in some vague terms. Where are they going? We don't know. We don't know. Severo and Victra then come out of the room together and Severo tells everybody they are getting married. Oh, Victra. Victra proposed they marry seven nights later and there's a big party across the entire fleet. It helps repair some of the discord from the previous week's events, but things are still a little tenuous. Darrow drinks wine and watches everybody dancing and having a great time, but is then called aside by Holiday. She tells him the jackal is on the calm for him. Darrow looks back at the dance floor one more time, and then he feels the sudden dread of the world beyond before leaving to go talk to the jackal. Chapter 56, In Time. Darrow takes the call in his training room. Mustang sneaks in while they are talking. The jackal, seeming regretful for killing his father and pensive, shows Darrow that he kept the scepter that Darrow gifted him, stating, how is it my enemies know me better than my friends? Mm. And we're like, what friends? Yeah, you don't have any friends. You don't have any friends, bro. (laughs) Darrow tells the jackal that he pities him, which really makes the jackal mad. (laughs) All that the jackal wants is love, and it's the only thing he can't seem to find. Mustang says that she used to love him, but he threw that away. Daryl threatens that they are coming for him, and when he hangs for his crimes, nobody will be there to pull his feet. Crucially, he says they're coming for him on, on Mars, Mars, right? Particularly, uh, we're all like pretending we're going to Mars, but right. no one's going to Mars, right? Also, the Mustang does pull his feet. True. So, true. Spoiler. What's the theme for these chapters? Yes, now that we know what happened, let's talk about the theme that ties them all together. The theme for these chapters is... Finding purpose. Yeah, so we're finding purpose in our fight right here. This is something we've done before, but it really like gets solidified in these chapters. Everybody kind of locks in, and they figure out how they want to move forward here. It's, it's a good group of growth chapters right this is our final setup for the sprint to the end here because it's about to get cray cray unfortunately we don't all hold on to this growth in the next book but at this point we've all grown substantially right and we're all kind of our wholly formed adult selves Mm -hmm. it's cool to see everyone like openly talking about and sharing all this growth as well as experiencing it Right. And they kind of experience that throughout like their journey back because like Mike Darrow says this alliance that he has right now, it's tenuous. Like it's on a razor's edge and when something like narrow Uncle Narrow getting executed happens, it you know, like Darrow says, sets fire to his entire army. 
And they set fire <laughs> to the rain. <laughs> Watch it burn. That's Adele. Oh, that's you need to change I, the lyrics to set fire to like Aries or the Suns or something like that. I think the lyrics are fine the way they okay, are. Thank fine. you very much. Maybe not. Adele's gonna call you. About I'm just that. trying to write a Red Rising Rising musical, so we can just use Adele's as is. <laughs> Thank you very much. She's perfect. Anyway, you can see like how tenuous the alliance is. In in these chapters, that alliance kind of really gets locked in. Like they make their final plan here, and they're able to all come together. Uh, we have Victra starting at the uh, at the beginning of these chapters, where she's kind of like, is she on our side, or for right now, is she on our side? And she's and then she's all in. Cassius has a similar journey, so mm-hmm. um, we're gonna t- kind of talk about how all these characters really lock in and find their purpose for the battle ahead. We just had the huge action sequence, space battle. Amazing space battle. Right. Now we're taking a breath, we're reloading, and we're going to move into the final, final sprint. By the way, can I say, no spoilers, by the way, but Ben and I saw Avengers last night, (laughs) and... There may or may not be some fighting scene. I don't know. It's the Avengers. <laughs> but I was watching it and I was like, they don't fucking know what's up. Do you know who knows what's up? Red Rising. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's a much bigger battle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm like, the whole Sword Armada, like, we've never actually seen that on screen. Yeah. Like, these little Avengers floating around. Like, <laughs> I was like, you don't even know. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Get Darrow out there. Yeah. Oh, no. Darrow would end it like. <laughs> Faster than, I don't know, fucking beardless Captain America. Sorry, that was a spoiler. I am not in. That's in the trailer. It's I'm fine. not into beardless Captain America. Let me just tell you, he should keep his beard. Because he looks like a thumb. Like a thumb. We did definitely have this conversation before the pod started. He, he's, he's very sexy, obviously, but like... I don't know. He does not look good. I think it's the hair combined with uh, no beard is problematic. He's just, I don't know. He's kind of a weird haircut. He's got a weird chin. Yeah. He got to cover that up. Anyway, back to Red Rising. Let's get into the quotes. Yes. You started us off. We're finding purpose. Where we're going to start with this is the conversation with Cassius and Darrow. And this isn't necessarily Cassius finding his purpose, but it is kind of like a seed. Uh, where it all starts it's been planted exactly and so Cassius says I'm tired of this war Darrow and Darrow says so am I if if I could bring Julian back to you I would but this war is for him or men like him the decent it's for the quiet and gentle who know how the world should be but can't shout louder than the bastards Cassius says aren't you afraid you're going to break everything and not be able to put it back together Darrow says, yes, that's why I have Mustang. Love Mustang. Yeah, Mustang. And then Cassius says, I wish it was easier to hate you. Aww. Aww. So cute. <laughs> this callback to Julian being the decent, the quiet, the gentle. I mean, it's it's sad, but like the the people that are like Julian really do get buried and you only really hear from the people who are shouting. Right. So I think it's a really good point, and it's very empathetic of Darrow to point out that, you know, he and Cassius aren't necessarily the ones who deserve to be the ones who have survived. Right. But now they have this responsibility 
to make it a better world so people like Julian can survive through all the shouting. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's a, such a great point. Because Cassius, prior to, like, during even during this conversation, he is very, like, this is what we were made for. You know, you and I were thunder and lightning. We're the type of people that thrive in this environment. And Daryl's just trying to get him to see that it doesn't have to be like that, though. Mm-hmm. You know, can we can break this world and create a new world where people like Julian don't have to be a pawn in someone's game, don't have to be used or killed, you know. And they would have a chance to live their lives. And I think that's ultimately what connects with Cassius and helps him to make that decision to help out the rising in this at the end here. I also think Darrow, in talking about Julian, I think he sees a lot of Julian in Kieran and his family who oh, yeah. they they just want to be happy and uh, raise their children and not fight. And mm-hmm. I think that um, obviously they rise to the occasion and fight when they need to, but Mm -hmm. he's trying to relate to Cassius when he opens up and says, did you know I have a brother? Right. Like I, I also, I know what it feels like to have a brother that you care about, you know? So I think at this point, am I right? That Cassius still thinks Darrow killed all his nieces and nephews. Yes. Cause at the end of their conversation, Darrow gives him the hollow cube that has that information. That's right. That's yeah. what's on there. Yeah. So he's kind of warming Cassius up to be yeah. like, I'm not the monster who I pretend to be and posturing to be, but also right. like who the sovereign has right. made me look to be. Exactly. Um, and that, and then we'll just move on to our next character here who kind of finds her, her purpose. And that's Victra. And so they really like Pierce kind of plays this, like is Victra really, down for the rising right is she duplicitous and yeah i mean they set it up to be worrisome like is she gonna betray us she they set it up a little bit like that also darrow says like victra just thinks that she's poisonous severo says the same thing like he says that's basically why they broke up is like she thinks that she is poison and just as bad as antonia and no i mean she sucks right well, she just thinks that like that's part of her and then she won't give in to anything or she won't admit anything else other than that she's in this for revenge. Right. And so when when she captures Antonia and takes all her ships back, this is where we're coming in. She says, obviously, they're my ships. She's one step closer to taking back her mother's empire, but the rest can only be done in peace. Still, it gives her an eerie independence, just like Roke when he gained ships after the lion's reign it will test her loyalty a fact that severo does not seem entirely comfortable with and then right after that mustang says now that you have your revenge do you still intend to come with us to the core victor says i don't have my revenge antonia still breathes and mustang says and when she does not victra i'm not good with commitment but then you get married. Yeah, th- but that's just one chapter. Obviously, there's an event that takes place in between this chapter and our next quote here. And I think when she sees her world being taken away from her, basically, her world being Severo, she's like, right. oh, I'm faced with actually losing something. She realizes what her purpose is and what is important to her. And when Severo is doing his whole hanging himself bit, 
um, it even says in those chapters, it's like he's speaking only to Victra mm-hmm. in that moment. This is at the wedding, and Mickey says, the house Barca. Mm-hmm. And Severo's like, no, Julia, it's the senior house or whatever. Right. And Victor's like, no, Barca. And this is what the quote is. Severo says, but you're a Julia, Victra. Yesterday I was. Today I'd rather be a Barca. Presuming you don't have a problem with that and I don't have to become proportionally diminutive. (laughs) Diminutive. (laughs) But this is important because... The house Barca is a lesser house. Right. Um, and tradition would grant Julie I to be the yeah. one inherited, which I feel like we should do. <laughs> because Are we going to start comparing houses for marriages? <laughs> I'm just saying like the whole like you have to change your name right. when you get married, which I oh, did yeah. not do. Yeah. I'm obviously against that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so in this instance, I'm like, yeah, that, that should be the rule. But right. this is Victra for the first time really like giving up power she's leaning in willingly yeah she's like fully commanding she's she's letting um her guard down she's letting this power be shared right and this is the first time the whole time we've known victor that she's let this happen yeah and that's a great point and i love that she's doing it in her own like victor way mm-hmm. it's not in a way where she's just like i'm in like i'm with the sons of aries now she's not going to say that explicitly right but she just says it by doing this just like she's like yesterday i was today i'd rather be a barca and that right, right. there that sentence just like cements her as she's a part of this i got the chills i know it was really odd. i'm getting the chills right now i'm talking about <laughs> it <laughs> it was so great and that and that was like like literally what a week before that is when she took the ships right and so at that point she says i'm not good with commitment and then she is seeing she's basically faced with loss she has that moment with antonio where she beats antonio up and she's just like i told you so she says that to severo she thinks that she's poisoned that she's terrible right and, and then and severo's like if you're terrible, then what are we? Like, we're all fucking terrible right. in the same way. Yep. And He's he, trying to, like, bring her in, be yep. like, we're all afraid, but I'm no longer afraid. Like, we can do this. We don't have to live in fear. Yep. And Severo's actions right in that moment, like, basically change her and bring her, like, she finds her purpose in that moment, which is really cool. Like, that's, that's a really cool yeah. moment. I mean, and knowing that the wedding happens when you're reading the um, part where he's forgiving Cassius and making this grand speech after this self-sacrifice. I mean, he didn't know that he wasn't going to die. Right. Exactly. They're basically like, you're an idiot. You almost cracked your spine. Yeah. I mean, 50% at least was for Victra. Like, obviously this is. Yeah. Because they had broken up at that point. Right. And he was like really sullen about the entire situation. And faced with the fact that she now has her own fleet kind of and he was like really pissed about that he was just like she's almost inviting the what she thinks is a fact of her villainy in once she gets this power back she's like well i mean i'm not good at commitment because i'm tainted i'm a black soul so i can't say that i'm gonna victor does do that yeah she almost she's almost protecting her reputation by just like saying that she's the bad guy right and, like don't trust me i'm not good at commitment right and darrow calls that out he's like darrow and Severo both call that out darrow is co- talking to cassius 
he says like Victra thinks that she's just horrible but I know that she's worth more and I'm betting on that right and that and she's proven that she is better than more right time and time again right she just she doesn't like trust herself to continue to make the right choices exactly she just thinks she's wicked and horrible and then and I think a lot of it is due with her family and just like Antonia and her specifically half sister right we should point out she's a half she is a half not so, even a full also can I say I forgot to tell you this earlier but when I was listening to um, the whole scene with Severo before he backflips off the railing, I legit started crying because <laughs> um, Darrow says something like when he, he's watching all this, he doesn't stop it because he's not only watching the death of a friend because he's talking about Cassius. Mm-hmm. He's also watching the the birth of or the re- man. rebirth of, yeah. of Severo. And yeah. I don't know. It was like so powerful that they had this whole power struggle prior to this and Darrow obviously took over and everyone led him and, and Severo was happy about that. Mm-hmm. But Severo sees in this situation um, that he has to take the power back and basically lead all these reds. Right. It's something that really only he can do. Maybe Darrow saves that situation with the riots, but I don't, I don't know. think so. Like n- not without, he was really not in control and he's looking around like, I shouldn't have brought these golds with me. Exactly. Because the Reds at this point, even though it was his uncle who died, the Reds at this point, I think, kind of see Darrow as selling out. Yeah, a little and, bit. And um, they love uh, Severo, even though he's only half Red, because he's he looks less like a gold than Darrow. They do trust him completely. He's Aries. You know? like, yeah. And he's he's been around yeah. while Darrow was in the box. Exactly. So... That was like, yeah, I definitely teared up because I was like so impassioned by that entire scene. Daryl invites them to question him just with his relationship with Mustang, Mm -hmm. Telemontes and stuff like he's the person that's bringing those people into the fold. And so that allows the the low colors. They love the Reaper. Obviously, they revere the Reaper and they'll listen to him. But at the same time, they're like, you maybe are compromised a little bit because of of these other your previous relationships Severo stepping in in that moment is just humongous like that's yeah and him forgiving Cassius for killing his dad he's basically like didn't think that was possible I actually forgot right. that he said I forgive you for that like, I know I, I remember like, the I, I remember the up. scene yeah I remember the scene but I remember when we were reading this earlier you know doing our other pods just like him and him talking about Cassius and how Cassius killed his father. It's like, he's just never going to be able to get over that. You know, like right. how does that end up working out? I, I remember thinking to myself and here it is, it's like, I didn't think about the fact that Severo would be capable of forgiving Cassius, but he is. And that shows his growth shows him finding his purpose and what he wants out of, out of his life. Super powerful. So exactly. Now that we're talking about Severo, we yeah. should do Severo's quote. So this is after Severo hangs himself in the med bay. Mustang says, so all that out there, was that strategy or was it real? Severo says, don't know. I mean, got to stop the cycle somewhere. Sucks, but dad's gone. No sense burning down the world to try it and bring him back. You know, Cassius didn't kill dad because he hated him. They were both soldiers doing what soldiers do. 
That's incredible gross from Zebra right there. I, I would never. <laughs> I know. If someone murdered my dad, I'd be like, I don't give a shit why they did it. Right. I'm going to murder you back. Yeah. I mean, that is like huge depth of character. For sure. This Just is super, like. super. I mean, you can't even grasp it because I'm sure nothing that horrible. I mean, I don't know about you, but nothing that horrible has happened to me where I've had to forgive someone for right. something like that. You know? Yep. And like we said, it's just didn't ever think that Severo would be capable of this. And here he is. And that's what this rising is all about. That's what they're trying to change in people. And and they're capable of it. And Severo is an example of that right there. You it's, can be different. It's beautiful. It is. And that takes us to our next person who also realizes that they can be different too. And that's Sefi. She... <laughs> She's getting a little scary. <laughs> pretty <characters>. savage <laughs> and pretty scary there for a moment. But also, she ultimately can see what's real. She can see that Severo uh, has sacrificed himself and that living for more and what Ragnar wanted really is the right way to go. Right. And Dar- I love what Darrow says to her about the ice where she's like, this is what would go down on the ice. And he's just like, that place sucked. Yeah, you're not on the ice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, and let's do something different. Severo in this moment is putting a lot of trust in the Obsidians and in Sefi, who, as a culture, they think that they are savages and that they're not intelligent. Mm-hmm. And Severo's basically, like, showing the world, like, look, even the Obsidians yeah. can have forgiveness and understand this path forward. Right. So, like... And Ever, that's huge you know. for like Kavox and oh, yeah. Doxo and all of them because they really don't trust the Obsidians at all. And so that's th- this quote right here where it says, Kavox is transfixed. Watching Sefi, who stares down at the curious scene, this is when Cassius and Severo are hanging. Her Obsidian are just as confused. They glance to her, searching for leadership. Ragnar believed in his sister and her capacity to be better than the world that was given them, one in which there is no such thing as mercy, no such thing as forgiveness. Silently, she hefts her axe and swings it into Severo's cable, and then, reluctantly, Cassius's. Somewhere, Ragnar is smiling. I definitely that, cried. <laughs> that one really pulled my heartstrings like, right there. <laughs> <laughs> Ragnar! <laughs> so, moving out of this finding purpose theme we're gonna kind of do the inverse contrast with um it means the exact same thing yeah okay we're gonna (laughs) do the jackal who is really um kind of building up this wall where he's not allowing himself to find purpose but he's still kind of reaching out because he's a human even though we don't see him as one he just denies his own purpose and he's right so he still has all these like human feelings and uh, everything, which we'll see in this quote, but he's not willing to accept it. Got some serious self-esteem issues here, Jackal. <laughs> Jackal, <laughs> for being a psychopath, he like actually has feelings. So he's not fully a psychopath, you know? He's just a sad little boy. That's it. Right. So the Jackal, he says, it's easy to forgive the dead. I'd know. A tiny spasm of humanity moves across his lips. He may never say it, but the very tone of his voice tells me he is not without regret. Mm -hmm. 
And this is Darrow thinking about him regretting killing his father. Right. And then it moves on to Darrow saying, you want to be hated, don't you? That's why you killed my uncle when you didn't need to. It gives you purpose. That's why you called me, to feel important. Nothing has ever been enough for you, nor will it be. Adrius, you're not trying to prove yourself to your father, to me, to Virginia, to the sovereign. You're trying to matter to yourself. All you really want is love. This is a great lesson for us all. You got to love yourself first. All you need is love. (laughs) You got to love yourself first, and that allows you to accept love from other people. It's true. The jackal clearly, clearly hates himself. And it's it, Mustang kind of jumps in as well, saying that she, she tried. She loved him. Her, his mother loved him, and that really hits a chord with him. He's like, "Then why didn't she stick around?" Right. But it's not about you, the jackal, yep. Adrius. You know, he he has no capability of looking outside of himself or feeling empathy for other people's pain. Mm-hmm. He like fully only feels his own pain and he he definitely feels like the victim. Right. And Darrow here is like I I pity you cuz you don't have those people around you. Right. Well, yeah, he makes himself into the victim. It's just like what we were saying there. It's just the jackal just wants everybody to hate him because if everybody hates him, hey, then he has he has purpose here right. in the solar system. And he thinks that being feared makes him as important as it would feel to feel loved. Right. You know, right. but he's, it's a skewed view of, of reality. And he kind of scoffs at the idea when Darrow says it, yep. that he wants love. He thinks that's like beneath him. Right. But Darrow's like, nah, dude, you're kind of sad. Yep. Like that's all you need. Exactly. The Beatles. Yep. He's got his purpose is to make everyone hate him because he hates himself and he can't ever fucking love himself and he doesn't think that he's like deserving of love at that point right so that's our theme for this week it's finding purpose purpose let's uh go ahead and move on to our prime five which is five of our favorite insights and observations from this week's chapters do you want to go first sure so First up on the Prime 5 is the Cassius and Darrow bonding time. Bro time. Bro time, mm-hmm. which this is probably, I think in the entire series, this is Ben's favorite scene. It's true. I, w- I really just want to be sitting on the couch. Reminiscing. Sipping wearing, a whiskey tumbler. Wearing your shackles. <laughs> obviously your Cassius. <laughs> Watching old hollows of the, of the Institute. I'm in. Just count me in for that. I mean, we've, I don't know, at least I feel like a lot of us have probably watched old videos mm-hmm. and it's, it's crazy to see yourself. You, you always feel that sense of shame of like, man, I'm such a weirdo, right? which Daryl kind of alludes to like, is that, is that really what I was doing in there? Right. But then you also have that nostalgia yeah. and I think it's, it's very special that in this moment, Darrow invites Cassius in to experience this with him. And it is so open and friendly mm-hmm. that Cassius is like suspicious the whole right. time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's disarming at first. Like right. he doesn't know what's going on. I just love how they're able to reconnect over this because 
they really truly do care about each other. Like both of these dudes care about each other. And the fact that they've been pitted against each other in this war that this you know, like family feud right. at the beginning. Like Cassius didn't want to be here for this. Like it's because his family has this lifelong rivalry with Augustus. And the honor. Yeah, exactly. And his own honor, like defending his own family has brought him to this point. Right. And he doesn't even want to be here. But and they have true love for each other. They they care about each other and they're able to like reconnect a little bit. They're able to rekindle some of that and realize that, hey, like maybe we're not as bad as we thought we were, you know? And I think they both recognize that they are made from the same cloth. Like Mm -hmm. they're super they're more similar to each other than they are to their own brothers. For sure. And it's interesting to see how Cassius kind of uh, accepts this olive branch from Darrow mm-hmm. where Roke wouldn't. Right. So Cassius kind of recognizes the absurdity of this whole honor thing with the sovereign, right. whereas Roke really believed in it. And Cassius is able to empathize with Darrow. He's able to put himself in Darrow's shoes. Like he says to him, I never even c- considered the weight that you were carrying like how tough right. that would watching be watching the videos right uh-huh like how awful and how tough would that be that would be to not be able to talk to anyone and daryl's still like i can't, still can't talk to anybody right. you know i'm still the only like known carved person right. <laughs> you know kind of spanning right. these two worlds and that is a a clear delineation from roke who wouldn't even consider that he just right. sees daryl as like this invading agent that's going to destroy to ruin his way of living, right? Destroy his society and the, and the, what he believes in Cassius is actually able to see Daryl as another person, as a human being, as a friend. And I think with Cassius, like as noble and as honorable as he's been, his entire family through this whole series of this war has been right. killed. So at this point, he's not really standing on a soapbox anymore because he's like, if honor is so great, then why am I the only one still alive? Sure. He was never fighting for the society. He's never fighting for the sovereign. He was always defending his family. Right. That, that's what it was. like. And now it's like, well, I guess that didn't work. Right. And he got pulled into that. And now that you know they're gone and he's able to talk with Darrow about this stuff. It's just, this is the connection that they're able to make that ultimately leads them to being able to win at the end of the book. It is sad too, in this moment, knowing iron gold, they totally separate because Cassius as, as uh, big as he's being in this moment and as empathetic as he's being towards Darrow, he still can't fully accept the rising. He yeah. can't accept the right or forgive Darrow even for his brother. For, yeah. So, um, I and for Mustang kind of too, cause he's and, still, well, Mustang fucking shot him in the neck. Yeah. But he's still, yeah, right. he's still just holding on to like his love for Mustang though. I don't, I don't see it like that. In Iron Gold he is. He talks about her. Like he's really, yeah. He's like, you remember that I don't remember Iron Gold, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like, uh, I only read it once. I need to read things drunk or like hallucinating. You know, like he gets like drunk a bunch in Iron Gold, and then he's just like like talking about Mustang. mumbling about Mustang, and oh. Lysander's like, uh, "This is weird." I didn't realize that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to rereading. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, a big Prime Five, especially huge moment for Ben. And I hope that 
because Cassius isn't dead, <sighs> that possibly there could be another reconnection. I think they're going to the come back together. There's no way that you don't you keep those characters alive and don't have them come back together at least one right. more time. And since we all know <laughs> Cassius obviously didn't die, <laughs> in our opinion, we don't know that. Hashtag obviously. Cassius lives. Right. We're hoping that maybe we could have another one of these couch moments. Right. So moving on, what's next, Ben? Okay, so one thing that we noticed throughout these chapters is there are a million allusions to, quote-unquote, the plan to take back society or basically take over society or what's Daryl's next move. And we don't know what it is. We get a lot of just like vague comments about what's going on. It's going to take 49 days to get where they're going. Uh, Mickey is working on a special project with Virani, but we don't know what By the it way, is. T. Jarrah says Virani. Virani, sorry. Uh, you have to apologize. You can read it however you want. That's how the book works. Mickey you- is working on a special project with Virani, and we don't know what it is, but there's all these allusions to it. And then we also have like Mustang explains her plan. Everybody laughs at it. And then we kind of move on to the next thing. She's changing the paradigm, Ben. Oh, for sure. We're always changing the paradigm. But like we always remember the first time we've read this book and how surprised we are with what happens in the next set of chapters. Mm -hmm. And these little references definitely should have given us some clue to something's up here. Like Daryl's always right. got, he's it's always got sneaky. a plan. It yeah. feels sneaky. He's got a little sneaky, sneaky going on. And so that's and kind of just kind we, of. we uh, are not disappointed in the next set of chapters. <laughs> right, right. And it's just kind of an interesting thing to see when you're reading these chapters. When you're going back through the reread, you can see those clues that were dropped by Pierce. Little breadcrumbs. Right. So next on the Prime 5, of course, is Severo and Victra. And the marriage. <laughs> so throughout this uh, arc of just six, seven chapters, mm-hmm. we see it, Severo and Victra still in this moment where they've broken up. Right. Because she's like, I'm a bad person, blah, blah, blah. Well, we went and from then, like not knowing they were together to... Yeah, to, to like, oh, they're sneaking off together. And right. then they break up. And yep. then, you know, Severo tries to kill himself. Uh, essentially right or victor's in in the moment where she thinks Severo might die and she kind of she's faced with losing Severo. right she has her come to jesus moment about the relationship and then she proposes and then the whole wedding and with the reds and like take a drink pierce's writing just <laughs> spelling out for us like how this celebration is going and i'm like definitely jealous that i wasn't there right it's just so warm and like amongst all this fighting and all the trouble that we've gone through to get to this point i think this is a great moment where we can pause and really kind of see the culture of the reds and everyone coming together with the marriage right i love this snap change in victoria because it's like we've been reading all these books and we know that she is more than what she right. We know Victor as a mom. Exactly. Yeah. You know? It's not even even if you haven't read the books before, like you can tell that Victor. There's more to her character than just what she thinks she is. Like like we were talking about earlier, where she thinks she's like poison and and not worth like putting her time into the rising or p- 
putting her full commitment in because she doesn't trust herself. We know that she's capable of more than that. She's stepped up, like we just talked about in our last pod. She stepped up, protected Darrow, shared the load with him. She's essential. Exactly. And she is capable than much more than she thinks she is. In this moment, we finally see that fully realized, and then they get married, and then it's like, now we have full Victra. She is confident in herself. She understands her place in the world and like she feels you can tell she feels good about what she's done it's really cool and she's super sex pot <laughs> always i love that Severo's like looking up to her at the <laughs> yes. wedding it's adorable and that she has to he has to be like on his tippy toes to right. kiss her. Yeah, and she's wearing antonia's heels which are like too small for her <laughs> hilarious okay what is the next prime five ben Okay, so we have a whole, like, two paragraphs on Ephraim here. Right. And I didn't even realize this is happening. TGR starts talking about Ephraim again. I was like, (laughs) what? I I don't think I even heard this until I, you know, read Iron Gold. And now I'm like, oh, Ephraim. I really didn't even register this. And then I start reading Iron Gold and Ephraim's a character. I didn't even think about this. I'm like, this is a completely new character. Oh, he's connected to Trig. Oh, that's kind of cool. But it's like, we've got multiple hints throughout this book about Ephraim and we got a full like almost a full page of discussion about, about how him, him and Trick met and it's crazy all that yeah it really is <laughs> no I, th- I was like bewildered the entire time because I was like this this wasn't here the first time <laughs> that's what I thought too they added this <laughs> exactly so did this go is this a reprint of Morningstar right. <laughs> where this information is added in it's it's crazy because now I'm like, is Pierce Brown a mastermind? Has he planned out my future? I think he is. He is a mastermind of the Red Rising universe, at least. That was. I love that we had the same reaction. Like, mm-hmm. was this in here the first time? Oh, yeah. I just did not it's even crazy. compute the first time around. And now he's like a real person. Exactly. And then lastly, on our Prime 5 list, is the, there's a scene... <laughs> Where Severo has just been hanged and um, he's like complaining about how much it hurts to turn his head. Mm-hmm. And then Darrow and Severo start flirting basically, <laughs> like competing against who has experienced more pain. More pain, yeah. And Severo <laughs> talks about getting his eye plucked out. Yeah. Darrow, of course, talks about his carving. It's like, I've been carved twice. And it's like, it always comes back to the carving. <laughs> so. It's it's a cute like almost brother moment where yes. they're just like punking each other about who's mm-hmm. been in more pain, and then everyone around them is like, "Is they do they do this all the time?" Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This do. is how they are. It's uh, adorable. Yeah. There's some definite, definitely great Darrow and Severo flirting in these chapters. Also, there's that other moment where Darrow tells him that he needs to cut his toenails, and he's mm-hmm. like. They're good for hanging on to things. And that's so a, gross. That's a great line, though. And Darrow's like, I can't tell if he's joking. <laughs> he's so. definitely not. He's not. He definitely <laughs> hangs on to things with his toenails. He must have really strong toenails. <laughs> All right. He's that's disgusting. the Prime Five for this week now that we've finished the Prime Five. It's time to name our Primus of the Week where we choose the one character who conquered our proctors of plot and rose above the rest. Aaron, who's the Primus of the Week? Severo Abarca. Congrats. A.K.A. Aries. 
If you get married, you win Primus of the Week. And he stopped the riot. Also, I guess if you saved almost kill yourself and then don't die and then get married, you win the week. It's a it's a lock. And don't get peed on. <laughs> and don't get peed on. He did not he has not yet been peed on, <laughs> even though he wanted to be. He's a total winner at this point. He's winning. <laughs> so obviously Severo is amazing, but really in these chapters we see his depth of character and we've kind of already covered it, but I think it's just really super great that he is the leader of the rising. Obviously Darrow is the reaper, but Severo is Ares yeah. and he really steps up and shows that he's Ares. At well, this he point. embodies a lot of this change and he's just integral to our theme this week of like finding purpose. Cause like Severo is the person that inspires a lot of that purpose. Like he inspires Victra to change. He inspires Sefi to change you know yeah it's and crazy it, and these moments like this like and, and in turn those changes help people like Kavox change help people like Cassius see that people are capable of change and, and so it kind of ripples out yeah right. it ripples out from several's actions like he basically saves the rising he this saves, week yeah he saves the the mob that was he calms the mob and gets them to think instead of being like sheep. Right. He changes Seffi's mind. He changes Cassius's mind. He changes Victor's mind. Yeah. It's super. And Kavox too. Yeah. It's super powerful. Like, yeah. the, like you said, the ripple effects are probably even bigger than he realized. For sure. Yeah. Those have consequences for years past this. Like he saves it in only the way that he can too. And it's just, it's beautiful. It's perfect. And the fact that, like Darrow talks about, we see his, he's seeing his friend like rebirth. This is a new man. We have this amazing growth from Severo and, and it's all out of like love because he like, he loves Victra and he wants to prove to her that this is worth it. It's like, it's, it's just really cool. It's really cool to see him like go to that place where he's really mad about losing Victra. And then to prove to her that this shit is worth it. This shit is worth it. This rising means something. We're he- we're on to something here. And he is like willing to like kill himself over it. That's just awesome. This is a great set of chapters. It really is. All, All right. right. Congrats, Severo. We did it. Good job, Severo. Do, 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 do. All right. You know what it's time for? What are we into this week? I'll go first. You go first. What are you into, Ben? This week, I am, I'm like a, a total Gen Zer. Or what? What is? What are people okay, called now? Real, realistically, we are millennials. Yeah, but I'm super. I like watch shit on YouTube all the time now. Which is weird to me. Who I might be more of a millennial because I'm I apparently not, I'm apparently not. 13 years old. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I ever get on YouTube unless I Google like a how to, and then it takes me to YouTube. I've started watching. Well, ever since I stopped having cable, I've started watching a lot more youtube like cut the cord watch youtube all the time anyway so i'm going to recommend a youtube channel it's called uh the ringer the ringers youtube channel it's a website ringer yeah it's they're like a pop culture website they cover sports and pop culture they have a great youtube channel anyway so if you're into like game of thrones any like big cultural stuff like avengers endgame all that type of stuff they have a lot of great youtube content if you're really into sports they have a lot of good stuff too so like 
NBA. They cover really hardcore. I'm I love the NBA. You may not be, but they have a lot of just ex- excellent YouTube content, funny videos, music videos, all kinds of shit. So just check nice. out the Ringers the YouTube Ringer. channel. Will do. Thanks, mm-hmm. Ben. Aaron, what are you into this week? So I love this game called Pass the Pigs. If you've played it, um, it's super simple. It's also super cheap. It's only like 10 bucks on mm-hmm. Amazon. And it's a really good drinking game. If if you have like a group of friends who aren't good at following complicated rules, it's very simple. For our teenage fans out there, just drink pop. Coffee. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Drink water, actually. Soda is worse than beer, in my opinion. So. A little knowledge for you right there. It's my there. personal opinion. <laughs> Basically, it's like you shake up these little plastic pigs, and then you throw them on the table. It's kind of like dice. So however they land, you get points based on that, and then you pass the pigs, and that's the name of the game. So pass the pigs. Google and that shit. <laughs> watch it on Ben's YouTube. <laughs> it's the Ringer YouTube channel is my suggestion. The Ringer and Pass the Pigs. All right. What are we doing next week on Hallerpod? We are going to finish this damn book. Morningstar. Chapter, chapter 57 through the end of the book. The epilogue, the whole thing. We're going to cover it all. And then heads up because Dark Age has not yet been released. We're going to take a little break after this, after the final episode. And then we're just going to do one um, quick recap on Iron Gold because um, there's not a lot of insight we can gain without having read Dark Age. Yeah, we'll talk about this more next pod, but we'll be doing some pods before Dark Age comes out. We are not going to do a full Iron Gold reread. Chapter by chapter. Until we've got Dark Age in our hands because there's just not enough there in Dark and Iron Gold to... There's a lot of loose ends. There's a lot of loose ends. We want to be able to tie those up. So, don't forget to follow us where? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy, HowlerPod, H-O-W-L-E-R-P-O-D. Also email us, HowlerPod at gmail.com. Yeah, if you've got a question and you want to be on HowlerPod Q&A and get like (laughs) semi-famous, then (laughs) you can send us a question and we'll fucking answer it. Yeah, Uh, also, uh, don't forget to rate and review and subscribe five stars only otherwise several will push you off the walkway and hang you and right. not save your life <laughs> also um share the books all the books thank you howlers omnis verlupus